Welcome to another episode of the Barbells and Briefcases podcast. I am John Miller. Sitting with me, as always, is my fearless co-host, Nick Saka. What's going on? Welcome back, everybody. This is like our 30th reboot of the podcast. Welcome back again. (laughs) Nick, what you been up to? Oh, man, we've just been grinding, man, which is going to be some of the the topics we'll talk about today. Yeah, yeah, we have a little hustle culture uh, segment that we're going to touch on a little later. Uh, You're a lot more guilty of that than I am. Uh, I've just been chilling, working at home, uh, collecting my, my paychecks, feeling like I'm stealing money half the time. But uh, well, When did we last leave off with our with our audience? You that was uh, taking the leap into tech? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This was, the last time we did a podcast was around like the sauna time, when, or the cold plunge Got episode it. and stuff okay. like that. So that was like summertime last year. Okay. So it's, it's been like seven, eight months. Yeah. Well, we got some catching up to do. Yeah. Nick, you bought an investment property. Congratulations. Thank you. That's been taking up a bulk of your time lately, huh? Yeah, it's kind of uh, consumed me here for the last couple months. But uh, yeah, I've always wanted to own a bunch of real estate. And I took that first step. um, Basically bought my first uh, investment property. Um, Plan on using it as a short-term rental. And it's already launched and 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 live, and uh, you have short-term tenants in it right now. Yes, I do. Getting bugged uh, by missionaries. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, I literally have a guest in one of my uh, in the property right now, and uh, the ring camera showed that there was uh, uh, missionaries at the knocking at the door, and I'm like, oh god, this is this isn't good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you don't want them to be like, uh, yeah, we don't live here, but. Um, but it's been good, man. It's been it's it's taken a lot of work to get it like up to speed, but I'm really grateful. Um, it was almost like I put so much into it in the last two months. Uh, well, they, so my buddy that has like eight short term rentals here in Vegas, um, including a 12 unit downtown property now. So I think he's up upwards of like 15 or 16 now. And he kind of walked me through the process and. He told me when I asked him, you know, when I closed on this house, he told me it'll take roughly three months to like get it furnished and then to launch it. And I took that almost as like a challenge, like three months. Challenge accepted. Uh, Yeah, like I'll do it (laughs) as soon as I can and uh, put everything into getting it furnished and getting it up to speed. A lot of handyman work, a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, maintenance that you needed to do and, um, you know, general contracting work, but we got it done and we launched it in uh, less than two and a half months. And it was almost like when it was, as soon as it was done, I felt like an empty spot. Like I was like, man, like I put everything into this and now it's done. Like I don't. Yeah. Now you, you hand it off to the management company. Yeah. And now it's, and just, now it's just, you know, hands now you can off. You just watch the checks come watch in. It, watch it do its thing. <laughs> but uh, that's what, you know, that's what a lot of entrepreneurs do. It's like they, they take so much joy in building something from the ground up. And then once it's built up, it's like you get it's bored. Board, yeah. And then you're like, all right, you know, and then you chill, you enjoy it for a little bit. This has been me. Like I chill, I enjoy it for a little bit. And then it's like, all right, what now? Like yeah. now I got to challenge myself again. Well, I don't think that process that you're talking about is that uncommon to a lot of things in life. Like when you're ever, you're working towards a goal, like, and you're consumed by it, the process of it is almost more gratifying and more um, rewarding than the actual reward itself. Yep. Like, if you've ever thought about, like, 
a, a, like a tangible thing, like a car or like a phone or like a new pair of shoes or whatever, like the wanting of it and the process of like building it up and earning enough to get it is almost like, and just the anticipation and anxiety that you get from like wanting something in your head. Then once you have it, it's almost like a letdown. Like you yeah. almost build it up so much in your head that once it's there, it's almost like, yeah, no. And I've, uh, I've been struggling. Like one of the things that I've kind of struggled with ever since, you know, launching it, it's like, I don't know. I've, uh, and I'm not the only one, like the other, other friends that I talk to, it's like the, the constant struggle of being present and being grateful. And it's kind of a reoccurring theme on this podcast. We've talked about it a million times. We know the power of being grateful, Yeah. but, uh, I don't know. You can almost sometimes get numb to, to just the good things happening in your life. And, and then there's the whole, you know, then when you, when you dig deeper, it's like, okay, why, why am I not, you know, being grateful? And then it's probably that you're likely comparing, right? Your comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah. And you know, for me, check out that podcast. (laughs) Yeah. For me, I'm not praying enough. Um, I'm not, you know, just doing the, the the spiritual work enough, I think. And as a result, you just kind of like, you know, like it was like this past weekend. I'm like, everything is freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. Like this property's getting booked. My sales team is, or my, my agency is doing really, really well. And, but I still feel like, like I got work to do. Like, like I'm just not patient enough. Yeah. And that's really what it comes down to is just, uh, just being patient. Yeah, with everything that you want, because we always want it like right now. For sure. But then back to that, it's like once you get it, you're like, all right, you know, time to yeah. set the bar higher. And then exactly. You go, yeah. So, which... so there's, there's always like those goalposts moving. Yeah. And for me, what it comes down to is more, like you said, being present and being grateful, and at the same time, not looking forward too much, like not thinking that I'll be happy when, mm. and instead just appreciating and being happy and thankful for what I have right now. Yeah. Like I was telling you at dinner the other night, so many, I've had so many nights where, you know, I'm having my, my fun single Vegas nights and lots of times when I'm in my car, either driving to or driving from whatever I've done, I just always have this thought to myself that, man, there's going to be, there's going to come a day in my life where I'm going to look back on these nights and be like, those were the nights. And, and that, sense of gratefulness is just always makes me so happy yeah you're almost reverse engineering like when i'm 70 when i'm 80 i'm gonna really wish i was back right here right now yeah (laughs) yeah i think uh i i I think just feeling and just taking in more moments i literally wrote that at the beginning of the year on my, my my goal list to just take in more moments like just and i think in this um like we're constantly filled with like easy access dopamine hits with our phones and with social media. And, you know, you're, I was just talking to a buddy about this last, uh, two weeks ago and he, a little bit older guy, he's, uh, I think he's 43 or something like that. And a little bit older for for the old people listening to this, you know what I mean? They're going to be like, that's young. But he was telling me that he found himself, (laughs) (laughs) he found himself depressed and he's like, what is going on? Like, why am I feeling depressed? And then he looked at his phone usage and it was up like 200% or something like that. And then he's like, okay, 
all right, let's start with that. And then he he limited his phone time, and he he got himself out of that like you know that short short term you know yeah. depression as he described it. So. Yeah, man, which kind of leads into what we wanted to talk about. Uh, there was this uh, J. Cole clip, um, the rapper, who he was being interviewed by the Golden uh, Golden State Warriors GM. Yeah, Bob Myers. And he... Who's who's like a... He's like a tech billionaire, and he lives in San Francisco, which is why he bought the... the why I bought him. The Golden State Warriors. So he's interviewing J. Cole, and then J. Cole went on to say that he's envious of people that live a simple life we'll play the clip for you guys because when i saw it i was like i would love to talk about this john so uh we'll go ahead and play it right now and so you guys can hear it and you know what i'm envious of too uh to that point is because i also think that like the way that i said is valid for someone that wants to live that life but i also think another valid way to live is yo i'm envious of people who don't have strong desire or strong vision and don't have something they they live a peaceful yeah. life and an enjoyable yeah. life and a and it's like yo I go to work yeah. I like my job yeah. I, I like my salary I'm not, yeah. I'm not trying stupid to, yeah. rich but yeah. I love my family yeah. I come mm-hmm. home yeah. life is amazing Simple. and they live their life like that and I think that that is just as valid yeah. I think they're equally valid and I don't think you know I I don't I don't think anyone should feel because I I've, I've come across people who maybe because we live in a very like. We live in a society and a culture that pushes. Yeah. It's like a hustle culture and work hard. Yeah. Boom, boom, yeah. boom. And I think people, cost? I think people could feel almost uh, guilty or like in- yeah. insufficient for not having some great dream to dream. And I'm like, no, it's, okay. it's a blessing to be satisfied, yeah. to be at peace, to be yes, yeah. to be content with life. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I have this job. I have this family. Yeah. I have I listen this to music, but I don't need to be. Yeah, here. I don't need yeah. to be that guy. Yeah. I'm cool with this. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. I, I think that I'm envious it's of that. It's interesting. You, yeah, very powerful and very, so many truths in that. Yeah, it's a blessing to be content. It's a blessing yeah. to be happy with what you've got. So, what part of that did you connect with the most? Um, I'm certainly the as, opposite as a business owner and as somebody who's probably embraced hustle culture as much as anybody that I know. Yeah. I think what I think yes, I'm a very much I've embraced hustle culture. Like I believe in, you know, I have this very big goals for my life and uh but even more so, I've also been somebody that I've traveled. I've taken time off. I I, I realize when my mental health is like, you know, like, damn, I need a break, you know? And um, so, and even when I have employees that say like, I just need a, I just need a me day. Mm-hmm. I, I, and, and they've all obviously have proven their work ethic and things like that. Like I completely understand. Like I don't even give them any pushback. I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, take that. Yeah. You know, like enjoy that because I feel that like I've, yeah. Been there. I have plenty of days where <laughs> and I have plenty of days where I'm like, I'm just not in, I'm not feeling it today. Um, but you know, what made what this made me think about and so powerful by J. Cole, like he's, he's just somebody that's, he like, he always impresses me with like how non-traditional he is, how, how thoughtful he is, how against the grain he is with so much stuff. He doesn't even wear like jewelry or like anything flashy. And, um, so uh, respect to that dude. Um, but the thing that I thought about was, you know, everybody, everybody, I used to think that like everybody should want to be an entrepreneur and that has changed over the years. Like 
I don't think it's, it's meant for everybody. It's uh, it takes a shit ton of work and um, <laughs> to say the least. But uh, I think it's okay not to be an entrepreneur, but it's not okay to not be in control um, uh, of your of your time. I think it's such an under. I think that's what is the real value is is having control of your time and we all want to work but to be in control to build a life or to build like you know buying your your time back your freedom back through like investments or through you know stocks and things like that (laughs) um or finding a job like in your case like you'd found a career that gives you freedom to be more happy um I think that that should be non-negotiable. Like everybody should want to buy more of their time back because this whole notion of working 40, 50 hours a week until retirement and then the average age is 78 years old and then retirement 65, like 13 years to live and you don't have time to live. Yeah, that idea I think is definitely broken and there's something not right with that. The thing that I connected with with most about the J. Cole comment is because and you kind of mentioned it as well, is that when you turn on any social media and you think that everybody's pushing entrepreneurship, everybody should be an entrepreneur, everybody should, you know, build an empire and things like that. And that's not all that, like you said, that's not for everybody. Um, I remember a Gary Vee interview one time where he talked about having a friend that, that he thought was the happiest friend that he had was a guy that made 70 grand a year and went on two to three vacations a year with his family and did something that he, his job was something that he was passionate about and he got enjoyment out of it and lived the most carefree, uh, happy life of anybody that he knew. And it was a guy, a friend of his that made 70 grand a year. Mm-hmm. Average guy. And, and now that I'm in the position that I'm in as, you know, as an employee of a big tech company, I understand that that much as well. Because, I mean, I tell this to everybody that I talk to about my job, but so many times, like, in my life, I get, or nowadays, I feel like I've been on vacation for, like, two years. <laughs> and it's it's not because I'm not working, because I do work uh, a good amount, and it's just that I've found this perfect, like, little cross-section uh, in, and it's a Japanese word that I just Googled. It's called uh, ikigai which is where you're supposed to try to find the cross-section of something that you love, something that you're good at, something that the world needs, and then something that you can be paid for and paid enough for whatever your purposes are. And for me, like I've probably always known that, that tech and computers and something in that coding realm was, was definitely for me. That's why like when we met, I was going to school for... Uh, computer science. I was going back to UNLV for a computer science degree. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's always been in the back of my mind. And I'm just so thankful that eventually it came. And that's one of the biggest lessons of my life too, is just that no matter like what it is that you want, so many times it just takes a lot longer than you think it will to free to get there. Yeah, as, and as long as you don't stop, you'll get there. Yeah. yeah. Um, you keep knocking, the door will open. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I... And that's why I kind of brought that up. Like, it's uh, like, and then J. Cole was touching on it, which is just being happy for what you have. 
uh, if if you work you know 40 hours a week and you know and you get to spend time with your family you know after that and like that's a, it is a blessing to just be content and I think even being the entrepreneur with the big the big goals and the big vision that I have for my life and constantly checking things off uh, I need more of that like just like we talked about at the beginning yeah. like I need more of that all right let me take this in because what's happening in my life is so freaking awesome that I need to observe it real quick and I think the best things that allow me to do that are vacations. Mm-hmm. Getting out of <laughs> getting out of Vegas, yeah. getting out of the normal mundane stuff and removing myself from yeah. the the spaces where I'm I'm productive and into a place that you know, like nature or like hiking or like mm-hmm. looking at water, you know, like yeah. beaches and and when I'm on vacation, that's when I'm most grateful. That's when I'm like, I'm like charging up my battery, ready to get back to it. I've definitely noticed that about you where you're not like a material person. You're an experienced person. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because experiences, uh, experiences are just freaking dope, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah, and, then, and, and they create memories that will last forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah, for sure. Although I'm slowly, you know, like learning about some of the material things and that are starting to fascinate me. <laughs> but do you want to talk about that? No, no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, envious of people that live a simple life. I'm definitely uh, envious of the people that can just uh, clock out and 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 I, I I do a good job of that half the time. I would say like clocking out and just being being yeah, present and not working a hundred hours a week. Yeah. Your phone is uh is is bad sometimes. And then also like social media, like you could be browsing through social media and feel like you're being productive, but you're not. <laughs> you're not being productive, like just yeah. being on the platform. Yeah, well Robert Green talks about that a lot, where it's the alive time versus dead time. Mm-hmm. And you the alive time is where you're working towards you're being productive, you're working towards a goal, you're working towards a purpose, you're doing something that's gonna better you whether it's something that you have to do or it's something that is you're passionate about and the dead time is when you're wasting time on your phone or just watching tv or just passively letting life pass you by Mm -hmm. yeah and and the key to you know being successful or whatever is making the most amount of your time as you possibly can be a lifetime Mm -hmm. yeah uh just yeah exactly a lifetime whether yeah. whether that's choosing to just enjoy and like just yeah. soak in the moment or you know yeah. just making better decisions like that will be more productive right. for sure yeah so um thought that clip was interesting certainly want to share on it and, and elaborate on it and uh do you have anything else to say about that clip um because you're a pretty simple guy man you, you yeah i think you're complete opposite of me <laughs> um well and with so many things with you and me i think the reason why we work so well together is because the things that I'm good at, you're bad at, and vice versa. Like, we complement each other very, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, the the other part, the second half of that J-quote that I connected with when he was talking about, um, yeah, the, the appreciating and, and just being content, it made me think of another one of my uh, favorite authors is Ryan Holiday, and he always tells this story about... Kurt Vonnegut and Joseph Heller, who were two great writers in the the 30s, 40s, 50s. And they were at this party at this billionaire's mansion. And they're they're sitting in this mansion, taking everything in. 
and Heller starts giving Vonnegut shit about it. And he's saying, you know, this billionaire, he probably made more money last week than the, your book's going to make this whole year. And, and Vonnegut just turns to him and is like, that's fine. I have something that he'll never have. And that's the concept of what enough is. Mm-hmm. And for so many people in that hustle culture, uh, it's just all about gaining more and more and more. And whenever you lose sight of, whenever the goalposts keep moving and you lose sight of, you know, nothing will ever be enough for a lot for those types of people sometimes yeah so to just be happy and be to be content with it enough and to be doing things because you enjoy them and because it's your purpose to be doing them is one thing whereas thinking that the happiness is always somewhere out in the distance is where you get trapped yeah i like i mean I like just feeling like I'm making progress, and I think I, that's what I chase. I was the just smaller goals, yeah. Yeah, like to me, business has become so fascinating to me. It's like uh, it's like Kobe Bryant treats basketball like business to me has become fascinating, and like this is it's like a game, it's like a video game, yeah. You know, and it's like applying my addiction to video games early early yeah. in my life. To now business and yeah. making progress. Or, or did, like, you, did you watch that JJ video, JJ Reddick video that I sent you about him talking about his process and how meticulous he was about everything that he was doing? Yeah. In his po- his off season mm-hmm. like workouts, he knew and how he had everything just timed out. He knew exactly how many shots he was going to have. He knew exactly what he was going to have for his pregame meals. He knew exactly what how long he was going to nap for and could time himself on his naps and wow. things like that and just. Like, that's the type of, like, OCD meticulousness that, like, I love hearing about. I'm not there with a lot of things, but there are some things that I am that way about. Yeah. And most of it has to do with, like, in my job and how I have my computer set up and lots of those types of things. Yeah. But, yeah. We were talking about this last night, which is, uh, I thought... One of the things that I, I need to improve on is my routine, like my, my daily routine. I don't think I have one. Like every day is pretty different. And I thought the more successful I would become, the better I would be. But I am very much still the same person that I've always been, <laughs> just with a lot more success you're the, now. <laughs> you're the same 23-year-old kid yeah. that I was knocking on his window to wake him up to come to work with me yep. 10 minutes before we had to be at work. Because, on a Sunday morning. <laughs> because I, I overslept and we went out the night before. I mean, with the exception, right, the biggest thing, the biggest thing that has changed between me now and me 10 years ago is my circle is a lot smaller. So I hang out with yeah. like set, like uh, a way smaller group of people. I used to hang out with a lot of people, you yeah. know, but that circle is so tight knit now. And of course, being a, uh, you know, being engaged, you know, I'm not a, you have I'm, better influence. I'm not a single life. man yeah, yeah, yeah. where I'm I'm out, you know, yeah. just dating random women and right. and and getting distracted in that respect. So that's probably the biggest difference in my life. But that's a huge difference as far as level of focus and for sure. what you can and, do with that. And that's the number one reason I want a girlfriend too, is just it allowed me to be more focused. We don't have to get into all the other reasons. <laughs> but yeah. but uh but I will say as as in regards to what you were talking about earlier. The other thing, and you kind of touched on it, was your circle getting smaller. You've also done a good job of surrounding yourself with people that can be mentors for you, too, and people mm. that are better than you 
at whatever you want to be good at. Mm. Yeah. Like, like having Will to be your insurance mentor, having, uh, your, uh, property investment guy yeah. to learn from. And you've always done that and always like found people that you can learn from to level up. Mm-hmm. And even if you'll never get to their level, but just that help you along the way. Yeah, yeah. Just by being around them, just that, that being proximity. in their orbit, you, mm-hmm. yeah, that, uh, what's it called? The rising tide raises all boats. Yeah. Thing. No, absolutely. That's uh, that's definitely another thing is is investing in uh, being in different rooms and and when you think about like the cost of a mastermind, it, it actually is stupid. Like you couldn't tell an average person that you're going to spend twenty five or fifty or a hundred grand to be you know to be to go to you know four events a year and to be on a monthly Zoom call with you know other entrepreneurs it's like that sounds stupid you know but that sounds like a way for one uh, uh, sounds like a scam it sounds like a scam and it sounds like there's some rich guy that's getting paid off that Uh, and he's he's tricking all these people that want to be rich you want to be easy get rich quick millionaires and you would think and it's just it couldn't be further from the truth you know it's uncomfortable uh but but just yeah just having having access to different people um you know, signing up for people's programs, uh, you get closer to them through that. And sometimes you got to put money in someone's pocket to be able to get, you know, access to the knowledge and the information in their brain. Mm-hmm. That's a fucking quote right there. Sometimes you got to, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's been a huge, uh, that's been a huge thing as well. So yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out. All right, cool. Yeah. So simple life, simple life, Yeah. you know, no matter even you know I, i'm all for the hustle culture but know how to take breaks you got to take breaks and 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 enjoy the fruits of your labor because yeah and if if you're really good and really passionate about something and you don't have to be uh, the boss or an entrepreneur or anything you can get a happy life too and that's what i'll have absolutely. to say about that mm-hmm. and there's no shame in it either no i mean come on man you can make, you can build a great life off of 70k a year you know 50k a year i think with inflation all the things now it's certainly you at least got to make 60 or 70 now i think yeah well i think even (laughs) even studies now have shown that like 70 and even probably creeping up now with inflation it might be 75 80 is probably the the happiness like threshold for Mm -hmm. for a lot of people and depending on what city you live in too that makes true that makes a big difference yeah but there there's like a a tech ceo that has a, a smaller tech company, but he made a lot of news a couple years ago because he saw the same study that we were talking about and decided to make the base salary for all of his employees 70K. Mm, interesting. Yeah. And uh, his company didn't lose money at all, and it still is successful, and he's still running it. So Yeah. One of my really good friends, uh, he's... He does what I do, you know, insurance, and he's raised his base salary, um, but his expectations are higher and the commissions are lower. And it's something that I'm highly intrigued about. But right, you know, but also the people. Yeah. Anyway, so that's a whole different <laughs> subject. Another conversation. The next thing that we wanted to talk about, I thought was fascinating. Uh, switching gears here was uh, the World Baseball Classic was was recent. Yeah. It was uh, a championship ended up being USA versus Japan. Right. And uh, you want to read off the quote? Yeah. Uh, you have it. I don't. Okay. Let's see it here. <laughs> Let's. Uh, so 
quick rundown. The World Baseball Classic, it's like a preseason tournament they do every three years. Uh, Nick said it was USA versus Japan. Mm -hmm. Japan's best player is arguably... The best player in baseball. The best player in baseball. He is His name's Shohei Otani. He is notable because not only is he one of the best batters and one of the best home run hitters in baseball, but he is also a starting pitcher who is the <laughs> ace of his staff, regularly throws over 100 miles an hour, yeah. and is just... Unreal. He's a stud. He's like, unreal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for <He's> you. <laughs> like the modern Babe Ruth. Like. Yeah, right. Now, they were playing... Uh, now... But, so that being said, he is Japan's most famous baseball player. No one is even close. He, so, he, he arguably might be the face of baseball right now, too, if, after if, what he if just If he did. had blonde hair and blue eyes, he would be the most famous baseball right. player in the world. <laughs> right. Right. So, yeah, if he could speak English and, and, and... Yeah. Right. And was born in Colorado, he would be the most famous baseball player in the world. That being said, uh, his teammate... Uh, Mike Trout is also uh, was on the USA team and is probably the second best player in baseball. <laughs> yeah, and on top of that, USA's team is just loaded with superstars that play in Major League Baseball. Japan's team is a bunch of like not well known players. Most of them play in Japan, mm -hmm. and so a lot of these Japanese players probably like were looking up to their the these idols that they were about to be playing, mm -hmm. and so in Shohei's speech. Uh, he obviously gave it in, in Japanese, but I will read off the quote here. This is this is before the game. He's telling them, let's stop admiring them. If you admire them, you can't surpass them. We came here to surpass them, to reach the top. For one day, let's throw out our admiration for them and just think about winning. Mm. Now, what what does that say to you about... Or what jumped out at you that you wanted to talk about this today? Yeah, man. So, one, I just think it's like leadership in so many different levels. Like you took a group of of not no name to to Japan because Japan knows all these players, I'm right. sure. Of course. But you know, you're, when you when you think about baseball, you think about America. It's one of the most American things you could possibly think of, yeah. right? There's you a know? reason why the best Japanese player is playing in America. Right. Exactly. <laughs> And so you have this all-star team of just people, I'm sure. And then well, the the cool thing, like like Japanese people are the kindest, most humble people. It's just I mean, part of their culture is being just being, being humble, being respectful. They're very respectful, being subdued, like more reserved. Yeah, calm, collected. Yeah, and just just uh, not not loud, not brash, not like right. Not when you think about like an American athlete that's like overly confident like there's no japanese athlete yeah. like that <laughs> i mean the 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 fans they clean up stadiums after the, the, not they even, did that at the world Cup. not yeah. even the messes that they're creating but they're cleaning up i mean japanese culture is so dope to me and i just know that they are i'm pretty sure that this message was just like the best message you could possibly tell them and uh which is like you know, don't put these people on a pedestal. Yes, like you won't be able to beat them if you think if you just if you automatically assume they're better than you. Yes, and so for me, it resonated with me because there's a lot of people I admire, mm -hmm. and and I think that even the people that you admire, they respect you more when you treat them just like a regular human versus holding them on a that's, pedestal. That's the best thing you could do to probably any famous person is just treat them like they're any other human. 
and try to and not be like starstruck and yeah oh my god right. like it's it's this person you know you know and you've even seen interactions like you've seen uh i'll use the rock as an example like there's plenty of videos where like some fan meets him or something like that and then you can tell it's awkward for people that that on how they handle star struckness i guess mm-hmm. and uh yeah so this resonated with me because there's so many people i admire in all different areas of life and um and you you don't we won't be able to uh pass them up if you just continue holding them on a pedestal i think you should respect people and and but mo- most importantly find out what they're doing you know like like success leaves clues mm-hmm. and so instead of you know hold them on that pedestal just kind of reverse engineer how they got there study them and respect them and and eventually you'll you'll be on their level or right. you'll you'll pass them up. Yeah. It, well, it, I think to me the quote more talk like speaks to me in the sense of remember that we're all just human. We all have the same twenty four hours. We all you know we, we all, all put our pants one leg at a time. We and all shit. Like, yeah. We know? all take shit. Yeah. Like everybody's shit stinks. Yeah. Like there's especially like in. A field like baseball or in just any type of business field that you're in, somebody got great by putting in the work, but they still have the same amount of insecurities as you do. They have the same doubts and same challenges. Like they, they're better because they may have put in more time or have a little bit more natural talent or, or, or just gotten luckier across the way to where they got to that point. But just remember that like we're all humans and like nobody's better than you. Yeah. And especially when you're going into a competition with somebody, if you have them up on a pedestal, you've already lost. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's I mean, Mike Tyson beat in the entire 1980s. Mike Tyson beat so many guys before he even got to the ring because the guys that he was going against had put him up on such a pedestal yep. in their head that that's they were great, scared of him. That's a great example. Yeah, yeah. So if, if you go, yeah. I really don't have anything more to add to that. I just thought it was such a bold leadership move. It was just such a epic message. He could have said anything, and it wouldn't have made, you know, yeah. it wouldn't have made. Uh, and so, mind you, so when I read this, they were the the, the game was that day, right? So, like, because it was being posted on Sports Center and all these different, you know, sports uh, pages, and so I, I decided to tune in and watch it. And I was like, all right. I'm rooting for Japan. Even though I should be rooting for USA, I was like, I'm rooting for them. Like, Traitor. Right. You know, like, I'm as patriotic as they come, right? I fucking love USA. I love America. Yeah, wait till we have the TikTok conversation. Right. <laughs> but as soon as I saw that, I was like, yo, if they win, it's going to make this this quote, this pregame speech Badass. that much more epic. Yeah. And then they won. They won, and he was the one that sealed the game, the pitcher. By striking out, by his, striking out his the other best player in the world, right? which is his teammate. And it was like, everyone was like, it's such a win for baseball and this, this, and that. I'm not even a big baseball fan, but this was just such a cool Moment. thing. And uh, just, I don't know, it screamed leadership to me. And it was also, it, it, it resonated with me personally because, you know, I respect so many people. Um almost uh you know and i'm pretty humble when it comes to you know respecting other people um i don't even know if that even sounds good like i i respect people but i also gotta know that i I liked all the little people (laughs) (laughs) sorry i respect people 
But I also got to remember that that they've ha- the only difference between me and them is that they have more victories and more more private victories than I have in that specific field. They've Same. been paying their dues a little bit longer than me, and you know they doubt themselves yeah. just like I do, and we all do, right? Yeah. So I thought it was cool, man, and uh, just something to remember as you're facing a Goliath per se in right. your life, or facing you know, if, especially if you're in something that competes with each other. Right. If you're facing a challenge in your field, and the whatever competition you have in front of you, you feel like is this idol or this this person that you admire so much that you don't think you can compete with, you're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you it just goes back to that thing that, you know, you can do you can do anything, you know. You just gotta want it bad enough and, and, and pay your pay and your dues. not stop. And not stop. Pay your dues. So I thought that was really cool, man. I wanted to touch on that for anybody that didn't catch that or doesn't know baseball. Hopefully we um Hopefully you think it's just as cool as I thought it was. I definitely did. Yeah, it, it like I was still rooting for the USA. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't care. You know, I was rooting yeah, for yeah. USA. Well, but I wouldn't have minded a Japanese victory. So I was rooting for the USA more because Team USA has never won the World Baseball Classic, and, and Japan's already won it before. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So never mind. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> so I wanted USA to get one, but especially because this was like the best team that we've had. Like. I mean, a team full of rock stars. Too. Yeah, yeah. Like, I love I love Mookie Mookie Betts and then and then Trout and them. So yeah, they should. I mean, they should have won. But yeah. but this quote wouldn't have been as cool if they lost. True. And so 100%, we wouldn't be talking about. We wouldn't it, even so. be talking about it. All right, cool. And then the last thing. Uh, yeah, the last thing I wanted to talk about today because I saw it scrolling on my feed on Thursday and watched way too much of it and all of a sudden it was anything every other scroll that i took it took over uh my social media on thursday i don't know if it did for anybody else but uh was the tiktok hearings um so this thursday this past thursday they've been trying to ban tiktok from the u.s for quite a while yeah trump talked about it a long time ago he threatened to do it um and it didn't happen. Biden had mentioned it a few weeks ago. And then to this week, the Congress brought in TikTok CEO, his name's Sho Chu, to, to come in and interview. And they ended up spending like four or five hours with him. And all of these senators who each had like five minutes of time to question him, grilled him and grilled him and grilled him. And so, so, so many of them made it abundantly clear that they have no idea, like, They've ne- probably never used TikTok or hardly used TikTok in their life. They they don't use social media apps like that. They yeah. didn't know a lot of, like, a couple of the questions made them me question whether or not they know what Wi-Fi is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, politicians. Or how, like, a, like, like a, a filter on your phone, like the Snapchat filters or, or TikTok filters or whatever. Like, yeah. The, all the verbiage that comes with knowing how to navigate uh, an iPhone nowadays a lot of them weren't up to date on that. And yeah. it goes back to that thing that I've always said, like politicians, like, like you shouldn't be able to be 70 or 70 years or older and like run for president, but that's not what we're talking about here. <laughs> no, definitely not. Uh, the bigger uh, issue with the TikTok thing is that when you do, when you do take a minute to like watch everything that was happening and to just get the natural like vibe of the day, you kind of, understood that these senators or, or and congressmen 
kind of already had their minds made up about what they were going to do and and kind of just brought the TikTok CEO there as a chance to to have their five minutes to to grill him and to make their own statements about how they already felt about TikTok and about China and about data privacy and, and anything else that they wanted to talk about. I mean, obviously, there are a lot of concerns with TikTok when it comes to, you know, their parent company being owned by by a Chinese company. Mm-hmm. And so whether or not or how much China has, uh, what's it called, how much access China has to our personal data. But on the other hand, a lot of the stuff that TikTok does with our data is the same things that Google does with our data. It's the same thing that Facebook, Instagram, or Meta, the parent company of Facebook and, and Instagram, and Google and Apple do with do with our data. Like mm-hmm. all of those companies sell data to other people and that's a big way that they make money. Like like Google doesn't have like products that make money. They their product is our data. Yeah. Their user data, their search data, all that stuff. Yeah. Facebook and, and Instagram, is, it's, I mean, they get a lot through ad revenue, but they also collect a shit ton of our data and, and sell it to other companies and to, so that they can market to us and, and to know, know their customers better, which is, which is us. Um, so I just think that the biggest miss in this whole situation is that TikTok isn't the big baddie. I think it's the United States government not placing enough privacy uh, restrictions and, and like data pri- data privacy laws in place in general. But that doesn't happen because they're getting paid so much lobbying money under the table by companies like Facebook and Google that that are mad that TikTok is, is beating them and is more popular than yeah. and is the cooler app right now yeah. than than Instagram is. That's what they're really mad about for sure. Yeah, they're 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 mad and, that reels suck compared to TikToks. Yeah, and we're pretty sure that the Facebook and Instagram are paying yeah. like you said, paying, yeah, paying I, the politicians I, I, off. I saw a thing today, I don't remember if it was a hundred million or a hundred billion dollars that Facebook spent on on lobbying uh just last year whereas as tiktok i think spent like whether it was five million or five billion but so like a small percentage of what facebook's spent on so it just makes you wonder like how many how many of these these congressmen that were grilling the tiktok ceo had facebook money in their pockets yeah which is uh definitely true i mean i look at it uh from kind of a different scope which is uh i don't I don't, at the end of the day, I don't uh, trust China, um, especially with, you know, even the whole coronavirus thing, right? right. Like, yeah, I don't trust them. <laughs> and which is understandable as and well. The, the shift in um, the shift in in power, you know, it TikTok may influence. I'm not sure how it all works and what the whole like, you know, why is the U.S trying to ban it um what do they know that maybe i don't but uh the shift in power it, it seems inevitable like whether it's in our lifetime or our kids lifetime or our grandkids lifetime yeah uh well there's 10 times as many people in china as there are in the united states yeah and <laughs> god uh I, i'm trying to think of the book um but it's that uh 
Ray Ray uh, Ray uh, Ray Bradbury. No, Ray uh, Dalio. Okay. He he came out with that book where it's the the changing uh, the world the world changing order or the new new world, new world order, order. Uh, something like that and. Um, you know, before USA, it was who who was in charge. Uh, who was like the strongest, like uh, the world power. The world oh. power. It was, it was like the UK or something yeah, like England. that, like Britain, England. England. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, the USA is 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 doing the same things now, like printing money out of thin air that that eventually caused England to lose um, that power and. The same thing is happening eventually. Uh, every empire is temporary. Every empire is temporary. And the changing maybe, world order by Ray Dalio. The changing world order. Yeah, I sound like an idiot trying to explain it. But, uh, you know, China's up next pretty much. And when you watch this 20-minute video, if you YouTube that, the changing world order, Ray Dalio breaks it down. It's about a 20-minute video with visuals and it's kind of scary, mm-hmm. you know, because it seems like it's inevitable, but we can do things that can help us stop that from happening. Um, but the, the one of the final things that happens, it's kind of scary, is uh, a civil war. Like, as soon as we start fighting each other, mm-hmm. uh, which we saw a lot of that in 2020, um, so there's like a lot of evidence that, holy shit, maybe it's here, yeah. you know? Um, once that happens... Are we sure it's China, though? Or, or I mean, it, may, it might be, like, that conglomerate that you were talking about earlier with, like, China and Russia. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw them making pancakes together yeah. the other day. Yeah. Like, so, I'm like, this so, ain't good. So much of the, the Putin stuff and then, like, all the, the weather balloon stuff and all the stuff that they, like, shoot down in the air and stuff like that. Yeah. It's just, it's not scary for our lifetime. No, but definitely. it's certainly scary to think, like, yeah. if you're bringing kids into this world, like, what would the USA look like, yeah. you know, maybe three gener- two generations from now, three generations from now? It's kind of a scary thought, but uh, I don't know. And that does have something to do with potentially, you know, TikTok being the most pop in social media app. Yeah. And I'm not sure what they're doing with that data or that intel, but yeah. who knows? Maybe it's because I just don't care as much what China knows about what I scroll on on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> But attention is the new currency. Yeah, the new, it, uh, of course. It's the new yeah, and, everything. And, I mean, it does bring up the point where it's like how China uses TikTok in its country versus what they let. And this is, like, uh, obviously another big part of the TikTok hearings was the fact that the bulk of TikTok's users are under 25. A large percentage of them are under 18, so they're children. Yeah. And the way that that China uses its app to to push out the the certain content that it pushes out to kids in China versus the crap that a it's, lot of kids yeah. in the United States look at on TikTok. Yeah. It's concerning. But, but yeah. that's also like like in the United States, TikTok has its own division that I, I have a they, friend. They I have a regu- friend that's a. They could regulate it, right? Yeah, I have, a, I have a friend that's a program manager at TikTok. Maybe that's why I def- I'm defending it just a little bit. But we could just as easily implement like the same things that China does, like on the U.S. side. But we choose to, our algorithms choose to just push out whatever or push to the front of our feeds whatever is going to get us to stay on the app as yeah, long as possible. Yeah, exactly. So, 
But then also, um, another thing on the hearing was how he doesn't even allow his kids to use TikTok. Yeah. The CEO. Yeah. Which well, I mean, they did it. Like, I mean, the TikTok app, even here in the United States, does have like a parental controls feature where you can limit it to like an hour a day or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so it, it is workable. And he also, in that same uh, section of, uh, or in that same like little section of his talking period when he was talking about that, referenced that. That a lot of that isn't TikTok's responsibility to limit what children's are doing. That's yeah. more, it's more on the parents. parents. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Very true. Uh, yep. But I think everybody knows that well, a lot of parents yes. don't do a good job. So so many parents let let their iPads and iPhones raise their kids more than they do. Yep, because it's a distraction, and yeah. But it's interesting stuff. Um, yeah, it's, it's something to pay attention to. Uh, for one, I. Like TikTok's probably my favorite app to scroll through when I do have when I am utilizing my dead time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to circle back to a previous conversation on this podcast, but um, but I also have like kind of trained the algorithm to push like like I do have a lot of book TikTok and and music TikTok that gets pushed into my algorithm as well. I've learned how to do like I'm in kind of like a a whiskey snob phase of my life as well and i do have like a lot of like i'm learning a lot about whiskey through, it feeds you whatever you're whatever you engage yeah. with whatever yeah, you, yeah uh, exactly whatever yeah, you entertain it's it's a lot like life you are what you pour into it yeah it, it, you get out of it what you pour into it yeah for sure for me man it's like i can't even watch like five tiktoks without cracking up at something and then having to share it with somebody because it was that funny. Exactly. Like, yeah. The creativity of some kids is unmatched, but you really do hope that people aren't. I, I worry about this. I worry about the next generation. I worry about how bad service has gotten, you know, like customer service. And you really hope that kids don't think that they can not develop basic skills and just think that I can just be an influencer or make money online or. Or, you know, because we need, like, the world needs basic skills. Yes. Like, just basic communication skills, basic financial... Uh, social skills. You know, social skills and just financial social literacy. Aware, social and, awareness. Yeah. So you really do get worried. Um, yeah. get, we get worried about, you know, if kids are getting the... The information that they need you know yeah this is an interesting generation of of kids coming up that have probably spent more time communicating to people through a phone than they have actually like talking to somebody face to face and things like that yeah so there might be some deficiencies when it comes to that but it also makes them more aware and more creative in a lot of other ways as well yeah so i think it's a trade-off more than it's like a downgrade Down- yeah it's just it's this is us being old farts right now, but it's just different than it is worse or bad. Yeah. And it comes down to the parents too, but uh, we were the la- very last generation that got to see life before technology mm-hmm. and also the, 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 the last generation to also see where it's going to and very much be a part of it because yeah. our parents aren't a part of it. We no, are. Heck no. We are. You know what I'm saying, and so it's just entered. It's just very interesting what yeah. what's going to happen. <laughs> but it's not like we should be like negative or be like you know the world's doomed if these kids don't get it together. Like we just got to do our part, I guess. Yeah, you know? exactly. We're like 
I'll stick up for the younger generation in that respect that they're they're different. They're not. It's it's definitely an adjustment talking to somebody sometimes that that is just head down on their phones or or is just a little more socially awkward than than maybe we're used to. But then I look back at me when I was eighteen and I was super socially awkward too, and I turned out fine. Yeah, it's true. You hope that. I mean. Because life happens, and exactly. life humbles a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, and not humble, but, like, you, you grow up and you realize, okay, like, I've got to build certain skills. Like, i got to call Cox when they double-charged me, yeah. you know, and i got to be able to handle certain things. Yeah. And you, <laughs> then you hope that they they are inclined to, to develop some of those things. Yeah, you know, that's interesting. That just brought up another interesting thought of mine is that, Whenever I talk about my first college experience when I got my business degree, I always tell people, you know, it's the worst, you know, it's the most useless piece of paper in my house. You know, if I could go back and do it again, I would have gotten a computer science degree the first time around and I would have been a developer for my entire 20s and I'd be a millionaire right now, Mm -hmm. whatever. However, one of the best things that happened in that whole situation was my dad getting me my first job as a bank teller at Bank of America as a really shy 18-year-old kid. And it forcing me to come out of my shell and talk to people and gain the social skills and gain the experiences, like just being around people, trying to sell, trying to like tell stories like a normal human and things like that, that turned me into me today. Yeah. And all the other like sales jobs and sales experiences that I had to go through in my 20s that were definitely out of my comfort zone, but I am so glad that I went through them today because... Now, as someone in tech and being able to also tell stories and be funny and be interesting and have a bunch of unique experiences that I can draw from makes me a more well-rounded individual. It does. And and if I would have just gotten a computer science degree and immediately went into tech at 22, I wouldn't be as interesting as I am now. Yeah. That's, That's really powerful that you bring that up. Those skills are just as important. Yeah. It's just as important for life. You know, yeah. even just for life. <laughs> so I never thought about it that way before. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm glad we had this conversation today, man. This makes yeah. me so happy to be back podcasting. Yeah, man. <laughs> well, we hit up, we hit on uh, all the points that we wanted to talk about. Yeah, we know. checked all the boxes and even found a couple extra boxes to talk about. Yeah. Hopefully you guys got some uh, value. We hope you uh, uh, enjoyed listening and being uh, the third person in this conversation. Yeah. The, the, the best podcasts <laughs> that I enjoy are the ones where you just feel like a fly on the wall when, while, you know, two friends are talking. Yeah. And so I hope... Somebody got that sort of experience out of listening to me and Nick today. If you did, let us know. We'd love to. We'd appreciate hearing about it. Uh, we're. I know this is uh, beating a dead horse for the thirtieth time, but we are going to be more consistent and push out more content because Nick is sick of making. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, sick of making uh, reels, reels, and <laughs> you know, this is. Uh, and this is yeah. way more fun content to make. Yeah, for sure. Hey, well, if you tuned in this far, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate you. Um, Like, subscribe. If you feel so inclined, maybe share it with a friend, and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Yes, sir.